0: I may not have a license to kill, but liberalism dies a little every time I pull the trigger on it. This is a conservative's perspective. Hey everybody, James Bostick here, Conservative's Perspective on the Mojo 50 Radio Network, mojo50.com. If you aren't listening, my friend, you ought to be, because it is the very best of libertarian and conservative talk radio extant on the planet, mojo Five O. Dot com. On all the platforms, you can go to the website, check out the uh, the broadcasting schedule, tune in, listen to it in archive, listen to it real-time, mojo50.com. Well, things just get crazier every damn week, and there's not a thing in the world we can do about it, it seems like. Uh, it. You know what? It seems like the news cycle right now and I think basically for the last couple of years, has it's just been locked into revisiting a handful of stories. Anything to do with Antifa, anything to do with BLM, anything to do with the border, anything to do with hating Donald Trump, anything to do with gun confiscation, anything to do with the open borders and why it's such a great idea to have it. Well, that's what we're hearing about. That's what we always hear about. And since that's what's going on, I guess that's what we're going to talk about, at least for a while anyway. Derek Chauvin convicted uh, three counts of uh, various degrees of murder, as Maxine Waters says. And as usual, anytime there's some kind of a, an issue, uh, <clears throat> oh, some, it doesn't matter what it is, some kind of sensationalistic hot-button issue... Uh, This trial, Derek Chauvin, for instance, really shouldn't be a whole lot to it. Uh, if If it is what it is, then everything worked. In other words, if he really did wrong, if he... I'm talking about Derek Chauvin. If he really committed a crime, if he really did employ excessive force, then what's the big deal he was called on it he was arrested the the incident was investigated it was determined that he had done wrong he was indicted he was tried and based on the evidence subsequently convicted so the system does work now as far as and I think the big question remains was Derek did Derek Chauvin kill George Floyd or Floyd George rather or did Floyd George die you've seen the autopsy report he was he was you know he was loaded to the gills on fentanyl and everything else he had a history of drug abuse and the thing about addicts is the addict at 53 thinks he can still handle the stuff he was doing as an addict at 23. And the simple fact is, over time, that stuff, you know, it catches up with you. It affects you. You can't do what you used to do, as they say. I don't know. It seems to me, based on everything I've seen, he did. You know, he wasn't excited. He wasn't, you know, I mean, you've seen his face. It was fundamentally emotionless. He, he was kind of stoic looking there. And uh, if it's a training issue, If it's something that all police officers go through as part of their training, and it is an accepted practice, then we've got to look at that because there might be something wrong here in terms of in terms of the safety of whatever you know that particular restraint technique. And you know, during the trial, it moved from he didn't have his knee on his neck to he had his knee in the neck area. Okay. Then, then he could have had it on his shoulder. Nobody suffocates from having a knee on their shoulder. He could have had it in the center of his back. That might have been a problem. But, that, but, but in saying that, then what they're saying is maybe it really wasn't totally on the knee. Or maybe it wasn't totally on the knee the entire time. Anyway, he was found. He was found in the wrong. He was found to have committed a crime, and he was arrested and he was convicted. How can you say the system does not work? It worked. It worked flawlessly. Is there going to be an appeal based on all the craziness that happened, particularly with mad Maxine Waters? Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's possible. I, I don't know what it, if there should be or not, but... You know, procedurally, if there are things that happen that could draw doubt as to the authenticity or the you know the, the the genuineness of the verdict, it's going to be tried. People 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 get convicted and appeal their cases all the time, and Derek Chauvin and his lawyers have that same right, just as everyone else does. So I it So. You guys have heard some of the stuff that Maxine Waters said. There was a speech. She gave a speech uh, there at the the Brooklyn Center or whatever that place was where all the the BLM and the Antifa types are gathering during the deliberation, during the trial and the deliberations. And the speech was pretty much what you would expect. It's a standard Maxine Waters boilerplate. And it went on for about four minutes or so. But that wasn't what was really exciting in terms of Maxine Waters. Everybody knows she's crazy. She's 82 years old. She's a demagogue. She's, she's power mad. She's like Nancy Pelosi. She's like Chuck Schumer, Boxer, Feinstein, uh, any of those clowns, on, Schiff, Nadler, any of those guys on the, on the Democrat side. They're entrenched. They're embedded. They're entitled. They think that power is their birthright, and they can do and say anything they want to do or say. And that's what we see with uh, with Maxine Waters so she gives a speech and she's leaving and the press and everybody start trailing after her and these were the questions that she was asked and these were the answers that she gave
3: what's your opinion of the police reform efforts that are being discussed right here and do you think that any of them have any hope of being enacted through maybe this congress
4: well i am not happy that we have talked about police reform for so long and it's not only this piece of legislation But it's been years. I confronted the police chief, Daryl Gates, in Los Angeles years ago about the killing of uh, Eula Love and about the chokehold and about all of that. We've been fighting for so many years for reform, reform, reform. And so, yes, I would like to see the bill in Congress pass on police reform. But I know that the right wing, the racist are opposed to it. And I don't know what's going to happen to it, but I know this, we've got to stay in the street and we've got to, we've got to demand justice.
0: As a black man, despite all of the efforts, I feel like nothing
3: changes. And George Floyd is waking so many people up, yet nothing has happened just, you know, despite the rhetoric. Like what, what needs to happen that's different this year than all the years before? We're
4: looking for a guilty verdict. We're looking for a guilty verdict. And we're looking to see if all of the talk that took place and has been taking place after they saw what happened to George Floyd, if nothing does not happen, then we know that we've got to not only stay in the street, that we've got to fight for justice. But I am very hopeful, and I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that says say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we we cannot go away.
0: And not just manslaughter, right? I mean...
4: Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree... It's what happens if we do not go... Get what you just told. What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? I didn't hear you. What happens? What
0: should protesters do? Well,
4: we, we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we need business.
3: What do you think about this curfew tonight?
4: I don't think anything about curfew. I don't think any about curfew. I don't know what curfew means. Curfew means that I want you all to stop talking. I want you to stop meeting. I want you to stop gathering. I don't agree with that. Are you going to stay out here? Uh, no, I'm not going to stay out here. I came here from Washington uh, just to be here to make sure that I let my voice be heard among all of those who have been putting so much time on the street. And so I'm hopeful that the protests will continue. Thank Thank you. Where where does police accountability come from? Well, I want to tell you that the mayors and the city council people, commissioners all over this country, have got to rein in the police. They have their budgets. They give them overtime pay. uh, They make sure that they have terrific benefits. They can cut all of that out. And so it is up to the local city council members the police chief, not the police chiefs, because the police chiefs are mostly intimidated by the police unions. And so it is the elected officials who've got to rein in the police. Congressman, do you support getting rid of the police, completely abolishing it? A lot of people
2: want to abolish the police. As a well, you, you,
4: you've got to make sense out of it. And what you've got to say is... We've got to rethink of what policing is. We've got to really decide what we really need. If you have people on the street who may have mental problems, who are compromised mentally, they don't need a police. What they need is a, a, a psychiatrist, they need social workers, they need others who can deal with these issues. And so we've got to reimagine what policing is all about. Right now, it doesn't work. What's your message to young black people in this community that live and grow up here in Brooklyn Park and Brooklyn Center? Well, my message to young black people is this, that we know uh, that there is a lot of unfairness in the system. We know that oftentimes young black people are stopped, uh, they are searched, they are not treated fairly, and they stand to lose their lives. And they've got to know that there are people who understand this and who will stand with them and who will fight for them, who love them, and who tell them we're not going to stop until we get justice in this country. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, Maxine says she doesn't say abolish the police, but she would like to abolish the police. She would like to minimize police presence all across America. I don't know what that deal is. I don't understand it fully. I was re- I, I, Earlier today, I was looking at something on the news feed. I'll have to go back and check it out. It was just a headline. But apparently... One of these George Soros uh, financially backed district attorneys in America here has decided, it might be that crazy one out in in San Francisco, has decided to do away with uh, he's not going to prosecute domestic violence charges. Oh yeah. The Democrats, the liberals, the friend of women and children. The little cheerings and the women's. Yeah, don't worry about the domestic violence stuff. Eh, we got bigger things to worry about, like abortion up to six months after birth, or yeah, yeah. Oh God! And Tucker Carlson always on top of this stuff. He has some analysis of this, but she says that they don't need you know these mentally compromised people don't need a police to quote Mad Max. They don't need a police, they need a social worker, they need a psychiatrist, and that's all very true. She makes a valid point there. However, it was through Democrat laws from about 25 or 30 years ago that were passed that make it more and more difficult for the mentally compromised people to be committed for treatment. The reason all these nutbags are out loose running on the street is because it's so hard to get them institutionalized, to get them committed, to get them treated. So they're out there on the streets, homeless, suffering, hurting others, hurting themselves, being used, being taken advantage of because of politicians like Maxine Waters. It probably slipped her mind. I mean, after all, she is 182. I mean, 82. And so it's difficult to say, here's what... And Tucker Carlson, you know, as Tucker Carlson can do takes a very close look at Maxine Waters' own racist
2: past and history of
0: agitation.
2: So how do you respond to people like this? Well, the only thing you can do is tell the truth about who they are. Maxine Waters is someone who supports mob violence. She always has supported it. We have known this. Almost 30 years ago, when race riots leveled huge parts of Los Angeles, Maxine Waters cheered them on. People want to know why I'm not saying exactly what they want me to say, she said at the time. They want me to walk out in watts like black people did in the 60s and say, cool it, baby, cool it. Well, I'm sorry. The fact of the matter is whether we like it or not, riot is the voice of the unheard. It was quite a riot. 58 people were killed during those riots in 1992. Many more were seriously injured. One of those most seriously injured was a man called Reginald Denny. He was beaten nearly to death. He was left with permanent brain damage. Why? Because he looked the wrong way. He had the wrong color. A mob pulled him out of his truck and smashed his skull with a cinder block. It happened on camera. If you haven't seen it, here it is.
5: The one image that I will never get over, go to, it will go to my grave with me. And that's the image of Reginald Denny being pulled out of his truck and being beaten mercilessly.
2: Denny would undergo multiple surgeries to repair the extensive damage to his face. How could you watch that and not feel sick? No normal person could. But Maxine Waters defended the men who did that. The ringleader of the mob who pulled Reginald Denny out of his truck was a man called Damian Williams. The day that the jury was set to deliver a verdict in the Williams case, Maxine Waters visited Damian Williams' home and offered her support, quote, we have an opportunity for justice to prevail, Waters said. In the end, Williams served only a short part of his sentence, he was released from prison then what do you think happened? He went on to murder someone else. Waters has paid no price for this. She kept rising in the Democratic hierarchy. No one told her to stop inciting violence. So naturally she did. A few years ago, she called for mobs to attack Trump supporters.
4: And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a
2: These aren't aberrations, this is a decades-long theme. What do we conclude from it? The obvious, Maxine Waters doesn't believe in the Western understanding of justice or self-government. She believes in mob violence for political ends. That's why she's been calling for it for decades. How has the Democratic Party responded to this? They've rewarded her for it. Maxine Waters is now the chairman of one of the most powerful committees in the entire Congress, the House Financial Services. Maxine Waters oversees Wall Street. That was her reward. Tonight you're hearing Republicans call for Maxine Waters to lose her chairmanship or be expelled from the Congress. Those are obviously worthy goals, but let's not lie to ourselves. That's not going to happen. Leading Democrats aren't going to punish Maxine Waters because they're not embarrassed of Maxine Waters because they agree with Maxine Waters. A CNN reporter asked Nancy Pelosi today if Maxine Waters should apologize for what she said for whipping the mob into violence. No, Pelosi said, quote, Maxine talks about confrontation in the manner of the civil rights movement. What an insult, by the way, to the actual civil rights movement. Then she was asked if Maxine Waters' comments incited violence, and Pelosi said this, quote, no, absolutely not. So in the face of that grotesque display, silence from the Democratic Party's usual moral chorus. The Lincoln Project, which tells you it so deeply cares about democracy, is not running ads against Maxine Waters. Obviously, David Frum hasn't scolded her in the Atlantic, he's not going to. The Washington Post doesn't seem to care. Why is that? Why aren't they saying anything? Obviously, they support Maxine Waters. They think her calls for violence are justified, or at least they're afraid to say otherwise, which is a distinction without a difference. This is true, and the sooner we understand it, the better. Here's a clip from a show called Burn It Down with Kim Brown. You can get it on iTunes. You can watch it on any number of social media platforms, none of which is even considered censoring it. As you watch, ask yourself, how much influence should someone like this have over the country where your family lives? For the record, I support all that.
1: I support them looting the the damn dollar tree. I support the looting of uh what other did they loot? Uh like the like the advanced auto parts. Um I remember last year they t- looted the target. I support all that loot all that. Do you know why? Because black people and marginalized and oppressed people could loot every store in this whole country for 200 years. It would not even come close to the debt that America owes us. Tear all
2: that up. Tear it up. Because really, that's the language. That's the only language this country understands. Tear it up. She says, burn it down. So how are the people in charge responding to this? Well, we're pretty sure the FBI isn't at Kim Brown's house tonight. We're confident that 60 Minutes isn't planning some extensive hit piece on her. No, those are reserved for Florida governors. In America's many newsrooms, Kim Brown is not considered a threat to anyone. She's considered an ally. Who's the threat? It's people who didn't vote for Joe Biden. They must be hounded into submission by the American news media. Here's the latest example. A few days ago, an ABC reporter in Utah brought a TV camera to the home of a paramedic, just a paramedic, not anyone with power, a guy who helps injured people. And the TV crew showed up because this paramedic had made the mistake of donating $10 to Kyle Rittenhouse's legal defense fund. The website was hacked, and his donation, the paramedic's donation, became public. So ABC Local in Utah decided to destroy the paramedic's life and put his family in peril. He stepped out of line. That's not allowed. No one outside of Utah seemed to notice this. Just as no one outside of Stillwater, Minnesota seemed to notice when a mob showed up at the home of the county attorney there. The mob demanded more charges filed in the case of that cop who accidentally shot someone last week. They didn't petition the court to get new charges, they went right to physical threats. That used to be very rare in this country. When it happened, we clamped down on it hard. But no one's clamping down on it, so of course, it's happening more often. This weekend, another mob came to the home of what they thought belonged to one of the witnesses in Derek Chauvin's defense. They smeared pig blood all over the house. What do you call that? Well, it's textbook, it's witness intimidation. Fighting things like that, witness intimidation, is precisely why we have a civil rights division at the Justice Department, to protect people's civil rights, especially the right to speak freely at criminal trials. That's what due process is. Where was Joe Biden's DOJ today? Swarming the scene to protect the civil rights of everyone involved, to protect the legal system itself? Nope. Sorry. They were too busy rounding up more elderly poor people who made the mistake of stepping inside the Capitol on January 6th. So let's stop lying to ourselves about what's happening here. It's very obvious. Agitation, mischief, mayhem,
0: division. Chaos. Yeah, it's obvious. It's totally obvious, and nobody's going to do a thing about it anymore. Than there's going to be a little bit of public outrage over the LeBron James, and everybody is, you know, upset at LeBron James for doing this, and and they go back to a to a he made a comment. A year or so ago, somebody, I don't even know who, got in trouble for tweeting something. You know, they, they said something sensational or outrageous or infuriating or stupid or whatever, as is their right in the Constitution. And he said, you know, you have to be careful about what you tweet as a kind of, you know, kind of a cautionary prophecy there. But. How many times have you ever heard LeBron James say something intelligent? Okay, name the times that LeBron James has said something germane to the political spectrum or the hot-button issues of the day that's been intelligent. We have about a minute or so, what, 24? Yeah, we have about a minute or so before... Nobody can. And this is no different. What happened here is no different than any other stupid thing that LeBron James has tweeted or said in a presser or in an interview or anything like that. No. No, there's not going to be a whole lot of it. So in that respect, it's not surprising that LeBron James would tweet, you're next. No, it's not surprising at all because he's not a smart guy. He's a great basketball player. But he's not a smart guy. All we got to do is go back and look at some of the things he says. That's it. And I'm not a smart guy either. Because there's no... (laughs) There is no end. There would be no end to going back and looking at stupid things that I've said. But I don't have any illusions about it. I have the intellectual honesty to say, uh, no, I'm the Mensa graduate candidate. Mm -mm, mm Mm-mm. Nim, (laughs) maybe. But not Mensa. (laughs) But, but you get the idea. These guys, oh, man, I got it. Okay, where are we at? 24, 24.50. I need 25, 25 Okay, well, we're down to the bottom of the hour, so I've got to go ahead and wrap this thing up. You're listening to A conservative Perspective with James Bostic here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We will be back just on the other side of these commercial messages with more of ACP. So you sit tight, and we'll be right back. If you said the world has gone crazy, I think 99.9% of the Earth's population would, in fact, agree with you. Here's the thing. You can never be too prepared for the craziness that's happening all around you. Keep your head while others are losing theirs. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find an emergency food supply with a big discount because
2: you are a Mojo Five O listener. It's not about uh, panic. It's about being ready for anything. Prepare with Preparewithmojo50.com.
0: Bring up the holy hand grenade. One, two, five. Please, three. This is Defenders Live.
2: oakley who's 33 years old she's a yoga teacher from newton kent drinking and her pee. own urine has uh, given her relief from a number of long-term side effects and issues such as autoimmune disorder hashimoto's thyroid disease and chronic pain conditions from fibromyalgia
0: you know what else it's kept her from having what friends yeah uh, uh, probably a love <laughs> life breath
2: she tells the press that she started drinking her own pee when some uh, when some people call urine therapy no you need therapy
0: On the Mojo 50 radio network, Mojo50.com. If you aren't listening, you should be. It is the very best. The very best in libertarian and conservative talk radio. Mojo50.com. I'm James Bostic. Welcome back to a conservative perspective. Jim Jordan down at the border late um, last week talking about what's going on there. Nothing has changed. 30 days. It has been 30 days since Joe Biden appointed Kamala Harris as his point babe on the border. She hasn't been down there, not yet. Sent some books, sent a children's book that she authored that the government paid for. They're going to give these to the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Jim Jordan down at the border, the conditions are horrendous. Nobody's saying anything about it, and when they do, they say it only because they know if they don't say something about it, they'll get called on it later. Otherwise, they wouldn't say anything about it at all. Last week, uh, maybe one of the Sunday shows, Jim Jordan talking about his experiences on the border down Mexico way.
1: Now, danger at the U.S. border. As we've told you previously, one third of migrant women and children have, reports, have reported sexual abuse on their dangerous trek to America. Now, according to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, these individuals are still not safe in U.S. custody. Earlier this week, he launched a full investigation into allegations of child abuse, including sexual assault, at a San Antonio facility. It could be happening elsewhere, but Child Protective Services has not been allowed in to check. Wyoming Senator John Barrasso with me last Sunday on the public health crisis he witnessed in Donna, Texas.
2: And I watched them be tested for coronavirus. They had them in a courtyard. All of these young people, this is After they have been there, they're only allowed to be there for three days by law. You wouldn't want your own kids to be there for three minutes, but there many are staying there for up to 10 days. They're being tested the day that they leave put them all in the courtyard. They do the instant test. And then those that have been tested positive are just kind of moved to one side of the courtroom, those negative to the to the other of this courtyard. But I will tell you, Maria, they've all been exposed and then they're sent all across the country.
1: Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan and six other House members visited that same facility earlier this week. Congressman Jordan joins me now with his findings. Congressman, it's great to see you this morning. Thanks very much for making that dangerous trek down there. The senators were able to take some pictures, but then they were told to delete the pictures. Your group was barred, period, from taking any pictures, right? When your team asked written permission to film, they were told by Biden's handlers, it's a moot point.
3: Yeah, we were told that and and press wasn't allowed in. Even when when Secretary Mayorkas went down this past week Maria, the press weren't allowed in. So Joe Biden won't go down. The president won't go to the border. The vice president won't go to the border. Press aren't allowed in. And the reason that that the press aren't allowed in is because they don't want the American people to know what's going on. The senator was right. These conditions are just just not appropriate at all. One, One pod that we looked at in the Donna facility, the same facility the senator was talking about, there were supposed to be 33 kids in this area. There were 527. That's what the conditions are like. And the other thing, and I think this is key, if the press were allowed in, the Border Patrol agents would tell them exactly what they told us. Namely, that the reason for this is because of the policy that Joe Biden has now adopted, which is, we're not going to keep people in Mexico. The policy that President Trump had, we're not going to keep people in Mexico while we evaluate to see if they can actually come into this country. That single policy is what's driving this huge volume. The huge volume of people coming is driving the terrible conditions and the harm that has been done to some of these young kids, as Governor Abbott has talked about.
1: Yeah, we're showing some of the uh, video and pictures that you were able to capture. We are showing them while you're speaking. The Biden administration is spending $60 million a week to shelter uh, minors, Congressman. I, I mean, I think it's extraordinary that the administration, rather than trying to stop the flow, they're actually expanding the capacity In this country to hold them, but nothing to do to stop the flow of migrants coming. They overturned Trump policies, changed, I mean, you know, remain in Mexico, stopped construction of the wall, catch and release. Uh, Unless they go back to those policies, it's hard to believe that this stops.
3: And it almost, it almost makes you reach the conclusion that this is what they want, because you're exactly right. The Remain in Mexico policy, they undid. They announced to the world that we're not going to finish the wall, and they announced to the world that we're not going to deport anyone. When you do that, everyone starts coming. 16,000 kids are, are being housed right now. The turnover time for those kids is, is 24 days before they're sent somewhere else in our country, and they expect that number to go from 16,000 to 60,000. So think of the volume, the hundreds of thousands of children that are coming in and families coming in and being moved across the country at a a cost of $60 million a week right now, of course, that cost is going to go higher. Why don't they use some of that money to actually complete the wall? to finish the wall. I mean, that, that, that would be better. 40 percent of border patrol agents time is spent processing these folks versus patrolling the border, as we would expect as American taxpayers for them to be doing. So this is a huge uh, this is a huge problem and something that just frankly has to change. But the only way it can change to get back to some kind of control of the border is to go back to President Trump's policies, something I don't think the Biden administration is willing to do. I wish they would, though.
1: Well, it's just extraordinary how much misinformation that they're spewing out as well. Nancy Pelosi continues to blame the Trump administration. As extraordinary as that sounds, here she is this past week. Watch this. The fact is, is that we're on a good path. At the border under leadership of Joe Biden, President Biden, Uh, there is it's about three things. It's about restructuring how we do what is happening there, because we were in a very bad situation under the Trump administration. I mean, we've seen the charts, we've seen the numbers, Congressman.
3: Yeah, and, and she needs to go down and herself and talk to border patrol agents because they would tell her that we are on anything but a good path. In fact, this is so this is so overwhelming, such chaos on the border, that three days into the Biden administration, they set up a special facility to process families faster. And now when families, get we saw these families, we saw them walk, when we were out at night, we saw them walking, coming out of the brush, walking to this facility. They know where to go. This facility in Texas, where they process them, and within eight hours, these families are put on bus- Buses put on planes and they're sent somewhere to the in, in, in north in, in the United States. So for her to say that is just absolutely 100 percent wrong, not consistent with the facts, not consistent with what every single border agent told us. And these border agents, by the way, Maria, they are busting their tail, trying to do their work as best they can under under extreme circumstances, under chaos and crisis at the border. They're, they're doing a great job, but it's just overwhelming right now because of the policies unfortunately, that the Biden administration has adopted.
1: Congressman, this is just one policy out of an incredibly radical agenda. i got to get your take on everything else. He's got an infrastructure plan that he's calling infrastructure, but it's more— Of the Green New Deal. Is that a fair statement? And what about this commission that Biden is putting together to study packing the Supreme Court? You've got more spending, four trillion dollars in taxes are, are coming and perhaps the potential of a change in the Supreme Court, Congressman.
3: Yeah. I mean, what do we need a commission for? We already know where the Democrats are at. They want to try to pack the court. They want to pack the court because right now there's more conservatives on the court than they like. And there's a majority of conservatives that President Trump was able to put on the court. So, I mean, I guess they're going to put together a commission. But we already know where Democrats want to go. It's all about raw political power. House bill. I mean, think about the last six weeks, Democrats in the House. Thank goodness for the filibuster because it hasn't went through the Senate yet. But Democrats in the House have passed legislation that would radically change election law on House Bill 1. They passed legislation that would radically change police law. They passed legislation that would radically change. Gun law, and, and three weeks ago, they passed legislation that would radically change immigration law at the very time there's a crisis uh, on our southern border. They passed two bills that would give amnesty between, to between two and three million illegal immigrants. This is, this is just raw political power and, and radical policies that are coming from the Democrats. We better hope and that Senator Manchin and, and Senator Sinema keep their word and we don't get this filibuster change in the Senate, because if we do, all this stuff is actually going to become law.
1: And it's the reason that all of these AGs are suing this administration. Congressman, uh, many people hope you can do something about this. We're watching all of your uh, battles. Congressman, great to see you this morning. Thank you, sir. Jim Jordan joining us in Ohio.
0: Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan there with Maria Bartiromo. What's changed? Honestly, let's talk about this for a second. And let's talk about all the things that we've talked about so far. Okay, crazy Maxine Waters. We've, you know, we've, we've established the fact that she's been doing what she's been doing <clears throat> all her political life. Okay, so a hundred years. She's been doing what she's been doing for a hundred years because she's one hundred eighty-two years old. So for the last hundred years, Maxine Waters has been doing what Maxine Waters does: agitate, foment incivility diversity and it's (laughs) what does LeBron James do same thing what does Al Sharpton do same thing what does uh, Jesse Jackson do same thing what does uh, Nancy Pelosi do same thing Gerald Nadler same thing Adam Schiff same thing Barbara Boxer, same thing. Diane Feinstein, same thing. Joe Biden, same thing. They all do it. They've all done it. We could pull up clip after clip after clip after clip showing time after time after time after time what they've said again and again and again and again and again. Tucker Carlson just did it. And that could have been anyone. That didn't have to be Maxine Walsh. It could be been any of the names that I've named. They all do it and they all get a pass. Nothing is going to happen to any of these people. But at the same time, Lots of bad things can happen to other people, innocent people, because of what they say. Am I saying that we can hold these people accountable for the actions of others? No, but what I am saying is that incendiary statements have consequences. We've seen it for the last year we've seen it longer than that really but but you get the we've seen it since occupy wall street but but you get the idea it's all the same and it's been the same forever think about it beyond the election let's take the election out of that and major news stories such as say the impeachment or or again the the election what have we been talking about for 6 8 years 10 years the border the issues at the border—that's been going on for a long time. First, it was Occupy Wall Street, Antifa, and then it was BLM and Antifa, and you know these guys all operate together. They're—they just got new names. I mean, new ad, new initials, and we've talked about that. We talk about the issues of race in this country. We talk about the issues of you know how how best to manage the economy or not manage it to to loosen the restrictions on a lot of it and just turn it loose, let it go. I'm not talking about crony capitalism, I'm not talking about oligarchy or any of those things that we see so often with Democrats. And and we have and everybody comes up with different ideas, everybody comes up with different thoughts and nothing ever changes. We've been talking about the issues at the border for a decade or more. We've been talking about race since black people and white people have been living in this country. And I'm not really sure why, because I think overall black people and white people in this country get along really well. If my bowling league is any judge of these things, if that's any metric... Or my visits to Walmart or Kroger or the drugstore or anywhere else in in my town, in my community. Black people and white people get along just fine. Nobody's calling each other names. Nobody's beating each other up. Nobody's vandalizing one another's property. We're going about our business. We're living our lives. We're raising our kids. We're paying our bills. We're doing our jobs. (sighs) Yeah. And I think a lot of the reason for that is because we don't have politicians in this area fomenting that kind of discord. We just don't. It's a good place to be because everybody gets along, and that and that brings up something else we can touch on here. Let me let me pull that article up for you, you guys. Sit tight. I'll be right back. Yeah. Well. Anyway, can't find it. the point that Democrats love to make noise about their utopian vision of a world that is, you know, clean and safe and racially tolerant as though it does not exist. And and they would have you believe that it doesn't here in America. But that's not true. That's not true at all. Actually that that utopian vision that, that utopian vision that the that the democrats have for this country is here and it's been here all the time. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's real. Life here, where I am, in rural America, and that is the place where the majority, the vast majority of Republican Trump voters live and govern, it is clean, and it's safe, and it's racially tolerant. Most places in America where life is dirty polluted, dangerous, violent, or plagued with racial hate and race riots are cities that are almost exclusively populated by and governed by Democrats. Outside these Democrat-run cities, America is peaceful and safe and clean and racially tolerant. And what's more, if you remove these Democrat-run cities from our national statistics, you will find... An America that is overwhelmingly peaceful, safe, clean, and racially tolerant. Nevertheless, Democrats and their fake media allies still blame Republicans for all their problems. Their problems. According to the Democrats, it's Republicans, it's you and I, who are responsible for racism and pollution and gun violence, even though... Out here where we all live, our air and water and streets are safe and clean. We all own guns, but where we live, there's no gun violence crisis. We're all supposed to be racist and responsible for all the hate crimes, but out here where we all live, there are no hate crime crises. Now, there are going to be exceptions, granted, but these exceptions really just you know, they serve only to prove the rule. Leftists tell you they want to live in a utopia free of gun violence and free of pollution and free of racism. Well, that place already exists. Yes, it's called rural MAGA land. And out here in rural America, the environment's fundamentally clean. Nobody worries a lot about getting shot, not a whole lot of racial tensions at all. It, And again, like I like like I talked earlier before we started this, you know, and it's 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 kinda homely in a way. Homey, rather, is what I mean. But and, and kind of small town America, but that's what I dig. We don't have a race problem in this country overall, if my bowling league is a metric of such a thing. Cause it's about equal. And I see every Friday night, black people and white people, young, old Hanging out the bowling alley. Laughing, hooting, hollering, whooping it up. Everybody's interacting. Everybody's getting along. There's no tensions. Nowhere. So, and yet, you know, you you watch CNN, MSNBC. Rural America's where all the racists are supposed to live. Tell me where it is because I don't know. I've grown up in the country in rural America all my life. Are there racists? Is there racism? Yes, to the degree that we see in Democrat-run cities. Absolutely not. Nowhere near even close. A a fraction, a fraction of a fraction. That's ridiculous. Everybody I know around here owns guns And I can't remember the last time We had shootings in any of our neighborhoods <sighs> Let's take a look at our waterways out here Our streets, our parks, our forests, neighborhoods They're clean They're filled with greenery water you can swim in Think about this a minute. I mean really think about this. All of us and and not just and I remember when I read the the article I was telling you about it it really made me stop and think because I have often said that here in West Virginia and the state of West Virginia is called the Mountain State obviously because it's located Right in the center of the Appalachian Mountains, along with Ohio, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, North Carolina, and moves on into the Smokies. But I thought, and I have thought for a long time, at least the last 20, 25 years, that all this urban unrest, all this strife we see in these Democrat-run cities, we're protected and insulated from those things by these mountains now interstate travel and and you know all that yeah that plays a role and and the interstates are all over the place west virginia is no exception we got them here too obviously but we're still fairly safe from those things just like small towns in virginia or kentucky or tennessee or small towns in ohio and pennsylvania same thing But all these places that we live in, all these rural places, they have all these things in common to a very, very large degree. Limited gun violence, practically non-existent racial strife, a clean environment... All the things that Democrats claim they want, we have. And that's... And what we have here, rural America, is... That is America. Yes, we have metropolises, we have New York, we have Detroit, we have Chicago, we have Philly, we have Boston, we have Atlanta, we have Miami, we have Houston, Fort Worth, Tulsa, Austin... Denver, all across the country, major cities, huge cities. But it's the rural American who really, truly rules here. We're the ones in the majority, and I'm not talking about white rural Americans. I'm talking about rural Americans. Okay, the black people that live in this area where I live, they're rural Americans too. ha, ha, ha. Democrats don't like to see it that way. When they see rural America, they see white because they are the racists. They are the race purveyors. When I say rural America, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. Everybody that is it doesn't matter what your color is. We are rural America. We are America. Business and industry and politics would have you believe that it is big cities that constitute America urban America. No, it is rural America. It always has been, and forevermore will be. This country is going to be saved.
5: America is a land of heroes, a place where greatness is born, where destinies are forged, and where legends come to life. This is the home of Thomas Edison and Teddy Roosevelt, of many great generals, including Washington, Pershing, Patton, and MacArthur. This is the home of Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman, the Wright brothers, Neil Armstrong, and so many more. This is the country where children learn names like Wyatt Earp, Davy Crockett, and Annie Oakley. This is the place where the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth, and where Texas Patriots made their last stand at the Alamo. The American nation was carved out of the vast frontier by the toughest, strongest, fiercest, and most determined men and women ever to walk on the face of the earth. Our ancestors braved the unknown, tamed the wilderness, settled the Wild West, lifted millions from poverty, disease, and hunger, vanquished tyranny and fascism, ushered the world to new heights of science and medicine, laid down the railroads, dug out the canals, raised up the skyscrapers. Our ancestors built the most exceptional republic ever to exist in all of human history. And we are making it greater than ever before. This is our glorious and magnificent inheritance. We are Americans. We are pioneers. We are the pathfinders. We settled the new world. We built the modern world. And we changed history forever by embracing the eternal truth that everyone is made equal by the hand of Almighty God. America is the place where anything can happen. America is the place where anyone can rise. And here, on this land, on this soil, on this continent, the most incredible dreams come true. This nation is our canvas, and this country is our masterpiece we look at tomorrow and see unlimited frontiers just waiting to be explored our brightest discoveries are not yet known our most thrilling stories are not yet told our grandest journeys are not yet made the american age the american epic the american adventure has only just begun our spirit is still young the sun is still rising god's grace is still shining and my fellow americans the best is yet to come
0: I haven't played that in a long, long time, and I always enjoy it. There, I played it for a long time on the live program. We have a live show that goes out on uh, Patriot Nation Radio there at blogtalkradio.com. We do that Tuesdays and Thursdays, live seven p. m. Eastern Standard Time. But but I, I play that a lot. And I, I really like it. I you know it, it's well put together. It's well crafted. The words that the president says here. Are 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 meaningful. They're impactful. They make you stop and think. They they accentuate the great positivity of this country. And that's again. And I ask this question just about every single time I play that clip. Name a Democrat who says those things. Name one. Name a Democrat who says those things. You can't. You're not gonna. I mean. It, they would come up. You know, John Wayne had this this monologue he did set to music, uh, "America, why I love her," and and he just extols the greatness of this nation. And and this is the same kind of thing. If the Democrats are going to do it, be "America, why I hate her," and they would have a a list of faults and flaws. Wow. Okay, that's it. We're done. Twenty eight minutes, thirteen seconds. Uh, I've got just a little bit of time to tell you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to hang out with you and visit and talk about these things. We're here Sundays, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Mojo Five O Radio Network. Once again, I told you we're on uh, Patriot Nation Radio at blogtalkradio.com. That's all the time we've got, folks. God bless you. God bless America. We'll see you next time, taking a look at things as we do through a conservative perspective. In the meantime, you guys take good care. We'll see you later.